0: Our Father, we, we thank you. We thank you that we can we can come to you as as our Father, Lord. That we were once outside the family of God, that we were aliens, we were strangers, Lord. And you you saved us, Lord, not just in a impersonal way, but in a very personal way, where you. You not only forgave us of our sin through your son, Jesus Christ, but then you reconciled us in right relationship with yourself. You adopted us as your own sons and daughters so that we can address you as father, that we can come to you as father. And father, thank you that that is, that, 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 that gives a picture of our lives, that we are not saved, not just, not just isolated from, from your people, but as a part of your people, as a part of your family and that you have gifted your family, you have gifted your people, your church, Lord, with the, with the giftings that are needed to, to build each of us up into maturity, to, to, to equip us for the work of service, so that, to equip us with the, 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 what we need to, to grow in knowledge of you so that we're not tossed to and fro by every wind and wave of doctrine. So we thank you for how you've gifted your church. We thank you, Lord, for the ways that each of us here that our believers can think back on, on how we have been built up, Lord, by, the, 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 by your body, by the servants of your body. And so, Father, I pray that we'd, we'd understand that in a, in a greater way, Lord, as we study your church this morning. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, we are discussing the church, right, and the, the idea that the Bible talks about the church not as a place, not as a building, but as a people, as an assembly of people, as an assembly of regenerate people in, in a covenant, formal commitment to one another. And, and, and we talked about that these, the, these the, the people of the church, I'm going to chew my cough drop so I'm not sucking out the whole time, are, are given authority, that every member of the body is given authority over the who and the what of the gospel. And at the same time, there are certain people in the body that are also a call to, to these offices of leadership as well. And we, were, we started looking at that several weeks ago, that there are two offices, typical offices of leadership. There's elder, overseer, and um, pastor, all as titles of the same office, as a teaching office in the church. And then we see the office of deacon. And we see that we looked at last week both a male and a female varieties of of deacon leaders. And we looked last week at deacons, and we said that basically, if you start looking at deacons, there's not a whole lot, so we have to start looking at a broader New Testament. But when you start looking at the broader New Testament, the issue is, (laughs) if deacon, this word deacon means servant, and in the New Testament, who are the servants? All the Christians. So all Christians are deacons, in a way. At least all Christians are are called to minister and serve in deacon-like capacities. And yet, out of this everyone being servants, there are certain people that are called to a, a leadership in the church, 1 Timothy 3 would describe, as deacons. Right? And, and so we see that there are certain qualifications. There's this leadership office. In fact, turn to 1 Timothy 3, because we're going to be spending a lot of time there today. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. you could be a
1: coach. I don't really want to go that far.
0: But you you would want to say, um, you would want to say, and when I was in my, my younger days and a little bit more fit days, and I, don't, I don't know if I've ever been having actually fit days, but more fit days. Um, you know, you, you go and you play pickup basketball and it's great and it's fun, but if you go and play pickup basketball with a team that actually has a, a strategy and a system, and they know what they're supposed to do, and they're well-coached, you just, you just don't hold up, right? And, um, and that's, that's the idea here, right? Is it, is it, you could, yeah, you could just kind of do it hodgepodge, but if you have someone that's going to lead and, and orchestrate and administrate and direct and give an example of how things are supposed to be, then, 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 there's a, uh, then, then that actually equips everybody else to, to do their roles, to play the game, to be a servant even better, it's being equipped for the work of the ministry, right? So exactly, that, that's that's really the idea here, and so that's what we 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 um we looked at last week is this idea that uh, of that that's that's the, the role there of of these this deacon, office of deacon leadership, and we looked last week also is that you can't dive into what does First Timothy three mean until you decide what to do with verse eleven. You it just it just is so important to that passage of what do you do with verse eleven. And there are two different interpretations. One interpretation is this talking about deacons' wives. There's a qualification that if you want to be a leader, a deacon in the church, your wife has to meet certain qualifications. And there's others that would say, well, no, this just talks about the idea that there's both male and female deacons. And and we saw that our church really holds to this interpretation of both male and female deacons for a couple different reasons. The first is the context there in chapter 3, verse 11, is that it's not... Um, as the ESV would have it here, their wives or their, that word means generally women. There is no pronoun there, personal pronoun, or, um, and the have their or his or are. And so even though that word can mean either wives or women, whenever that pronoun there of their, uh, his, are, whatever it is, that, that would usually mean wives, but there is no pronoun. And generally, when there's no pronoun, it just means women. So it's, and women likewise. That's the other contextual issue. It's, if it's likewise, it's similar to the qualifications that have been talked about. Well, talking about these general qualifications, it's the same for those who are women that are deacons. And then we also see that the argument from uh, Romans, the example of Phoebe is a possible deaconess, as well as the, the example from church history. <laughs> and so what we see is one office of deacons Filled by both men and women. It's not two offices. It, it's it, but it's 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 one one group of deacons, both male and female. And so, based on that identification, so here's what I want to flesh out. I want to flesh out the rest of this idea of, of you know that the God has gifted and 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 structured the church in a way that we need certain people to be able to lead us in this area of service. And so, how do we? How do we think about this in a greater way? And I want to think about three things today when we talk about the role of these people that are, that are deacons. One is the, the requirements. Second is the role. And the third is the reward, the reward. So the requirements of a deacon, the role of a deacon, and the reward of a deacon. So let's look here first at the requirements of a deacon. So we look at 1 Timothy 3. This is the longest and clearest discussion of deacons in the Bible in verses 8 through 13. And I just want to read that for you guys. Let me read that through that section here. Deacons, likewise, must be dignified, not double-tongued, not addicted to much wine, not greedy for dishonest gain. They must hold the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience and let them also be tested first and let them serve as deacons if they prove themselves blameless. So you could say... The women, likewise, must be dignified, not slanderers, but sober-minded, faithful in all things. Let deacons each be the husband of one wife, managing their children and their own household well. For those who serve well as deacons, gain a good standing for themselves and also great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. What's the emphasis of these these qualifications? The emphasis is on what? Character. You can almost say that the only thing discussed here is moral character, right? There's, there's a couple exceptions there, but generally, that, that's the focus here. And, and so, now before we start looking at the qualifications, these pictures of moral character, let's let's take a break here and just say we need to be careful, like we did with the elders' qualifications. You can overinterpret these, or you can underinterpret these. Right? There's a danger for both. Right? so it's possible to under interpret these right to say ah they're just general qualifications of a moral person we don't need the actual list this is a holy Spirit inspired list we, we we don't want to compromise and and, and and just based on saying oh we need an extra deacon we need an extra deaconess yeah this guy gets drunk all the time but he's a really good servant right this is a, a holy Spirit inspired list we do we do want to we, we, we want to say that these are the bare qualifications, right? But at the same point, it's also possible to overinterpret this list, right, and say that, that it's just this, and there's no other things required, or there's nothing else that we need to consider. Well, this is really the idea: is the list is not meant to be exhaustive? It's meant to be an example, right? Same thing with the elders: the idea of that they are morally exemplary, that they are above reproach, right? That is the picture here. We don't have another list to compare it to like we do with elders. Elders, we have a list in 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1. We do not have another list of deacon qualifications. <clears throat> but it seems by the way that Paul does these lists, it, that, that if we had another list, it would probably not be exactly identical. That's, that's what we see with, with the elder qualifications. <clears throat> so let's look at each of these briefly in this picture of this. What is it, the qualifications of those who are deacons? So, first of all, dignified. The idea of honorable, respectable, esteemed, worthy. that is, It's another way of saying above, above above approach, right? Next one, not double-tongued, right? It's not, they're not saying one thing to one person, another thing to another person. They're not two-faced. They're not insincere. So in a way, what's the positive way of putting that? So negative way of putting it is not double-tongued. So to say that they're not double-tongued in a positive way would be able to say what? They're trustworthy. I think that's a good way. Integrity, and integrity, trustworthy, credible, yeah, faithful, yeah. So, so, so that's that's really the idea here, right? Is it who who are those men and those women who 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 are trustworthy, are have, have integrity, are credible, are faithful? Um, that they are not addicted to much wine, right? What's the idea here? Oh, if they have a beer. They're disqualified. No, that's 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 not what's being described here. What's being described? Being what's the character? Self-control. Yeah, self control. Yeah. Right. That's what we're looking at here. You you can you can you can over interpret. Actually, I would say you can under interpret this, and by just by saying, oh look, this person, you never drunk in their life, never had a drink in their life, and they. But you miss what Paul's going at here, right? What's this idea of much wine? What's this idea of, 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 of being addicted? It's this idea of lack of self-control, right? So what's the, what is the positive virtue that we're looking for? Self-control, self-discipline, right? That's what you're looking for here. Um, not greedy for dishonest gain. Okay, I think that one pretty much says for itself, right? They're not greedy. What's the opposite of not greedy? All these are negative, which means we need to be thinking. So if they're not this, then what are they? They're, they're generous. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Content. Yeah, I think, I think that's what Paul's language would be, right? That he's learned to be content in all situations, right? Whether in, need, whether in abundance or in need. <clears throat> there's a contentment. Um, and and there's, also, Lord, there's also a trustworthiness, right? Back to that trustworthiness aspect. Now, there's some who would say, see, this is evidence that, they, that the deacons handle the financial matters. I think that there is a good, good stance for deacons ha- handling financial matters. I don't necessarily think that it's that verse. I think it's a qualifications, right? It's just saying that this is, this is showing someone that they can handle different aspects of leadership because they're not looking for what they can gain financially out of that. And then we get verse 9. Verse 9. This, this idea of they must hold the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience, right? What, what, is, what does that mean? Well, whenever we, when, when Paul in the, the, the pastoral talks about the mystery of the faith, he's talking generally about the gospel. <laughs> he's talking about doctrine as well, but, but the gospel and doctrine, which is interesting that, that if we compare this as we did before with that elder qualification, right? Those who are elders are called to be able to do What? Teach, which is instruct and correct when it comes to these issues. But when it comes to deacons, what are they called to be able to do? They need to hold to it, right? So that there should be some sort of, that that deacons, yes, they should be able to, to, yes, they agree doctrinally. Yes, they agree with the gospel. All those things are agreed, but that ability to instruct and and correct is is not necessarily required for that, that deacon office. Um, but it's interesting there that he says it's not just an intellectual thing, that they're holding, right? You could think if they're holding to this mystery of the faith. You think that that's just intellectual, which it is. It's not, it's not less than intellectual. It's not less than saying, you know what, if it, that, that, that Dave, you're, you're a deacon, so we would expect that you would believe like our church that the Bible is inerrant. That's without error. With these, these we, We'd expect that. But it's more than just Dave. He checked it off in his mind. He checked it off on the piece of paper right? He must hold this with a what? Clear, clear conscience. Clear heart. clear heart, right? That this is, this is played out beyond just some intellectual exercise. I like what um, one commentator says, that, that, that it, it, it really implies this idea that it's consistent behavior in their life, that this, this idea of, oh, thank you, Tony, that this clear conscience is, is played out in their lives. It's not just intellectually, but also practically they live, they're living it out. And that's what we see in that last, that next one there in verse ten, um, and let them be, let them be tested first. Well, what does that mean? Well, we have to keep going. Then, let them serve as deacons if they prove themselves blameless. So, what is the qualification here? Uh, my note says commitment to sound teaching. In verse nine or verse ten. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Commitment. to, I, I'd say yes. I agree. Yeah. Yes. But as we go to verse 10, what is the qualification there? The qualification isn't the testing. The testing is to prove the qualification. The testing is to prove the qualification of them being what? Blameless. Blameless. You guys see that? There's there's all this discussion of, of well, what is the testing and what sort of testing should it be? Paul doesn't tell us. In fact, I, I would even say that that's not Paul's main emphasis. The testing is whatever testing it needs to be to show what? This blameless character, right? It's this, it's this, 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 this idea of showing their character, their, their above reproach character. So it doesn't, it doesn't specify what type of testing. I mean, at a minimum, it should mean you know this person, right? At a minimum, it's the idea of you, you know them you know their background you know their reputation you know their theological positions you, you, have, you know this person it's not that they just show up and saying, I am great with this aspect of ministry okay we're going to throw you in you, you know you're, you're the new deacon of whatever that there is a that there is a, a knowledge of the character of this person and, and you can't you can't know a character of a person just by them filling out an application right character comes from life with life it doesn 't say how much time, but it says that there 's time time and, time and relation time and relationship right that you 're knowing them i mean this this is the principle is the principles what, what as we try to direct our things and in the aspect of I, and I, I was not part of the I was not here when the bylaws were put together, but I would say whoever did. You know, was uh, w- hopefully I think was getting it from this idea, right? That that now, and this could be even gotten I mean, not biblically because there's understanding generally is that you're not going to know the character of a person unless you spend time with that person, and and so that's why, and I think that's that's um, that, that's what's important there, and and that testing could involve other things. You might be looking for other aspects of of, of you know how, how they serve, but but really, it's this idea of 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 getting to know them and their character? I'm seeing the time aspect also in verse nine. Yeah. You could have someone who makes the right confession. Yeah. But over time, you'll see they're not actually doing that with a clear conscience. Yeah. They know what you want to hear, so that's what they're saying. Yeah. But their brain is going, no, this isn't true. Yeah. And then you can see that lived out in time in their life. That's what I was trying to say, but you said it better. <laughs> I think that's it, though, right? Is, it, is You're right, because someone can just say, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with the doctor in the church. Yeah, I agree with it. And and yet, over time, only you only see that over time if they, with, in a clear conscience that they really believe these things. Yeah, that that that's that's what, as I said, what I wanted to say, but better.
1: So, an obvious conclusion then is somebody who's dealing with an ongoing sin would not meet this definition. I mean, a clear ongoing sin that they refused or have not. Yeah,
0: unrepentant Unrepentant for sure. Um, I would say that there are certain um, things also that. That 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 are our, our reputation of the gospel affecting you know I, yeah. you could say serious but what does serious mean that serious reputation of the gospel that 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 it would it would disqualify as well or that you would desire to see greater repentance um, obviously if you're saying if there's any sin issues then we'd all be disqualified but there are certain things mean, yeah yeah for a leadership role yeah yeah I would say that that definitely unrepentant sin would definitely uh, disqualify and, and beyond that I would say um, there, 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 there's that idea, yeah, blameless, above reproach. Mm-hmm. That there's an aspect of, um, of, of showing. I think that there's a showing a time of faithfulness after repentance as well. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bob, yeah, I
1: was thinking of several, more than several churches back where we had a guy come in. He was a school teacher. Mm-hmm. He said he loved to teach.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He loved to teach the Bible. Yeah. But his house was a train wreck. Mm.
0: Yeah. He couldn't manage the kids well. Yeah. And, and it's like, but you know, I keep telling you, but these things don't really matter. I have the right heart. Yeah. I'm going, no. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. And that's, and that's where it goes from there, right? It's going to say that there's, and, and that blamelessness played out, you know, in, in, partly in the home. You know, there's, there's some other aspect you see the character, but yeah. Other questions before we keep going? All right, you know, a lot of you, we've, we've gone through this. You guys have heard things like this, so I don't want to go too slow through this. So that's what I'm kind of, kind of moving through. Then we get to that verse 11, and, and really what we're seeing, I think the way, best way that I would interpret this is it's, it's, further, it's showing some further qualifications for those who are women that are deacons, right? The, and the women likewise. So likewise says, similar to what we've been saying, in the same way, likewise, they're also dignified, right, we, we said before, not slander, not prone to gossip, right? We're going to see uh, later that the deacons are, are really part of the means to bring about unity of the church, and so this idea of gossip would actually be antithetical to the function that deacons are supposed to serve, um, that they're sober-minded, so that they're, uh, again, making good judgments, very similar to that, that not, not addicted to wine, right? Uh, faithful in all things, very similar to that blameless that was just just classified, right? So it's further elaborating those for women, um, and at the same time, we would also say again, not to oh, we don't want to overinterpret this. That this is not just meant just for women, right? Should we say that not being gossips is a qualification that we should hold for our male deacons as well? Yeah, yeah. yeah. right. Oh. So <laughs> so we want to be careful. We want to be careful with this here. So to say, well, these are just a woman's qualifications. No, it's, it's fleshing this out, but that's underneath that idea of blameless as well for the for the men. And then there's some further qualifications. I would say that in context, he's mainly focusing then on on men that are deacons, that that that, that they're to be a husband of one wife, right? A one woman man that they're to show faithfulness in their marriage, and then beyond that, not just their marriage, but also. Faithfulness as they manage their children and their household; that they're a spiritual leader at home. That really, that the the ministry at home is what qualifies someone for a ministry for ministry in, in God's church. That's not just for elders, but it's also for 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 deacons and for deaconesses. Again, this is for men. I would also say deaconesses to say, uh, is marital faithfulness a qualification we'd have for women who are in leadership as well? Right. Yes, right. So we want we don't want to overinterpret those. Um, but as but Paul's, you know, looking looking at the different different aspects there,
1: oh, sure. yeah. Oh.
0: Now
1: going back to 11, uh-huh. um, what about uh, women teachers?
0: Yeah, time? so when you look at this aspect, you look at saying um, that, that deacons is a, a clear, I think we have to, first of all, is two questions. Because the, 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 first of all, I'd say in general, deacons—it's very clear at the non-teaching office. I, I think it's just been been clear. Both—I I, I can't think of any any interpretation that that's that's different. That deacons has always been a, a non-teaching office in the church. So even people would have different. Uh, ecclesiology, different doctrine of the church than, than we have, it's pretty much agreed. Even if those have more authority for deacons in their church or less authority for deacons in their church, it's pretty much agreed that there's a difference where the elders, elders, overseers, pastors are a teaching office, um, where the deacons are a non-teaching office. Now, the question is, <laughs> for, for women teaching, I think that, that you're looking... You have to go look beyond those qualifications, and that's more First Timothy 2. And what do you do with First Timothy 2 than a First Timothy 3 pass uh, issue? And so... Does that help, Ron?
1: Yeah, to some degree. Cause I've heard uh, certain uh, women teachers mm-hmm. that would uh, dust, you know, men teachers mm-hmm. in their doctrine yeah. and their shepherding uh, yeah. and all that. Yeah. So... Uh, the line there and I yeah. see in different churches even in the mountains where, you know, they were
0: actually teaching. Yeah, I, I would say that that nowhere in scripture as I say that is the difference between men and women in, in, in aspects of, of roles of teaching in the church based on, on um gifting. In fact, I, I think I would um I, and I don't have the direct quote, but um from from, from what I was told Elizabeth Elliot was um asked to speak at Gordon-Conwell College. And Gordon-Conwell uh, would, would say, you know, hold the, the both men and women pastors, women, uh, men and women preachers. And she said, listen, I, I'm probably more gifted in the languages, more gifted in doctrine, you know, more gifted in Greek and Hebrew, more gifted in doctrine, more gifted in preaching than almost anyone in this building. But that doesn't mean that just because of my gifting that I get to use that different than God has designed in the church. And, 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 and so I, I, I would say she put it uh, really well there. It's not a matter of, of ability. It's not a matter of, of this person's better than that person. It's, it's a matter of, of, of roles. You know, it's a matter of roles of, uh, with, with, that God has designed within the church. So, yeah.
1: I think though, too, at the same time, I went to a conference once and Nancy Orsborn <coughs> spoke, mm-hmm. and I tell you, it was godly and it was right on point mm-hmm. and it was valuable. Mm-hmm. I felt like she was gifted in speaking. I don't know whether you mm-hmm. consider it teaching or not. Yeah. But she certainly mm-hmm. drew the crowd closer mm-hmm. to
0: God. Yeah. I th- and again, I, I would say um, when, you, when you look at, at giftedness, I, I, I don't think that there's necessarily to say that God only gifts there. But I think that the argument that is, is predominant, especially within uh, the egalitarian, which is the fancy way of, of, of putting that position, is because God gifted, therefore this is what the structure of the church should be. And I think that's backwards. Instead of saying, well, yes, God has gifted and God has spoken to what the structure of the church should be. Um, I think the other problem is you have is that a lot of those churches, uh, especially a lot of churches influenced by, um, uh, you know, different denominations, would say, well, this is not a Pauline document. And so because First Timothy is not Pauline, I mean, Fuller would teach that, right? Is that because First Timothy is not Pauline, it, it's that there's, some, there's some things that are, are questionable in there that aren't necessarily Scripture. And so you start getting removing uh, that issue also coming from the doctor of Scripture there. And so, yeah, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've heard the argument that they can't serve because mm-hmm. they're divorced, but it, it one comes, life at Well, it comes back to the issue of what is a one-woman man. Right. And, and, and we looked at several weeks ago, is that it, it comes down to how are you going to try to classify that. And as I said, you can do that, if, if someone wants to define that in Scripture, I would say, I disagree with you, but I can understand trying to add that interpretation. But I would expect that they would disqualify anyone from getting widow's care if they've been divorced before because it's the same grammatical phrase. And so, so I, I – but when you look at it, what – is, what, is the, 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 what is the quality that's being emphasized? All throughout this is character, character, character. And so what does that character play out in the realm of marriage? I think it's marital faithfulness. How long is how long is someone after a divorce can display marital faithfulness? I don't think it's it's listed. I don't think you can say okay if you have been married for ten years since your divorce and if your divorce meets these. sort I, I think that thankfully that's why you this this is um, something where the, the elders and the congregation have to see the character of this person, which comes through through time. And yeah.
1: Doesn't Jesus sort
0: of touch on that when he talks to the woman as well? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I'm not sure he talks about leadership. I, I, oh, no, no, yeah. Yeah. That as far as the divorce. Yeah, right? yeah, I mean, which yeah. One? yeah, yeah. Well, I know some people, men disqualify themselves yeah. for that reason. Yeah. I think that if there is a unbiblical divorce, there, there is definitely some disqualification. The question is, how long? And, and some may never show faithfulness to be able to, to earn the trust, to be able to, to be in leadership. again. But, again, I'm not sure. I think it's a case-by-case, case, as we talked about before. I think it's a case-by-case case matter. And I also think that when you're looking at, at this, who, who decides this? Right. That's the other problem with this is that, that who decides you have moral character, mm-hmm. right? I, there's a famous pastor who was um, dismissed from his church who, who said, well, the Holy Spirit has told me that I'm ready again to pastor. And so he self anointed himself pastor, and he's now pastoring again. I think that's backwards, right? That that we are not the own, we are not the best judge of our own moral character, right? It, it is is are you underneath a leadership in a church who is affirming this? Not that I see this in myself. I'm, yeah, i yeah, I got this but know that there is a, 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 a leadership in the church and a, in a, in the church as a whole that is affirming these aspects. We're going to see later that example of Acts 6 that, that the, 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 he says, you know, he really is the church, the church selects and the elders affirm or the apostles there affirm. But that's what we see, that there's, this, there's, there's other people that are seeing this, not just someone saying, yeah, I'm qualified, right? So, all right, we're going to move on because I, I want to get through uh, at least through a little bit more here today. All right. <laughs> now, Compared to the quali- this is important. I said this last week. I want to say it again because I think this is so important. When you compare these qualifications to the qualifications of elders, I would agree with uh, Dr. Ben Merkel at, at uh, Southeastern Seminary. He says this: the main difference between an elder and a deacon is a different uh, difference of gifts and calling, not character. And, and the idea is this: is that there's, there's so many similarities, right? Like the qualifications of an elders, a de- deacon must not be an addict, not greedy for dishonest gain, be blameless, which is similar to the, for Titus 1 Titus 1.6, be a husband of one wife, able to manage uh, children and household. That when it comes to our character expectations of deacons and elders, there should not be different character expec- expectations. And, and, and I would say that, that even within, within, within good churches, that there's this, this temptation to say, well... We'll throw them in a deacon. We'll see if how they're doing. If they're good, we'll pump. We'll bump them up. JV varsity, right? That's that's not the, That's not the picture here. The idea is that 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 the, the same bar for character for life is the same bar for elders and deacons, right? And for deaconesses, right? You want to ha- you're, you're you're calling for exemplary character. Where these are the people that are le- the leaders of the church. are saying follow. You want an example of what it is to follow Christ? These are the examples. So what's the difference between? It's a difference of of role, and it's a difference of of, of giftedness and and, and role in the church as far as teaching or teaching leadership or or or, you know uh, leading and serving. It's it's a role difference. It's not a a a a character difference. And so we so that we and and, and it's tough, right? But but biblically we want to say we want to expect just as much out of a character of, of a deacon or a deaconess as we would out of an elder. That's, that's what our expectat- expectations should be. And so, um, all right. Any, any questions there as we are log- finish up some qualif- aspects of qualifications or re- requirements? Yeah, Martha. to mention, as to women who are
1: teaching, and some who are in the more egalitarian ones, those who are really truly gifted and truly godly always seem to be more than willing to allow... To be in the leadership position of the church, those who are less godly, more in the more very liberal, I'm not sure what the Bible means category, aren't. Even those who are more gifted in administration and could be superior, it's like the heart seems to be right. And I've seen it over and over again, even FLR which is very egalitarian. Mm-hmm. Kim Dorty certainly was more qualified in many capacities than Drew Sampson. And
0: she always had it was always clear he was the leader not her. Yeah, and I think that there's I mean, and that's that there's a lot more discussion there, so I don't want to veer off too far in, in that direction, but, but yeah. It, but it's really I mean, but I've seen that
1: over and over again
0: that those you know,
1: those gifted leader teachers and women who are more you know, mis- yeah. spirit
0: oriented never seem to have that problem. Yeah, and I think the I think the issue is that there there are some that are, are wanting to really honor honor all of what scripture says. And, 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 and there are some that are trying to wrestle, even if we would reach a different conclusions. But there are, are many who would argue just from either logic or from uh, just just personal reasoning of, well, if, if you know, and they, and they really bypass Scripture or they don't want to deal with Scripture. And I, I think that's the bigger issue there. And yeah. Say, yeah. yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, I don't know I don't, like, I, don't know if I like the language top. I think that, that, that there's different roles, that there's different roles to fill. Yeah, there's different roles to fill. Yeah. Okay, elder deacon, singleness. That topic hasn't been broached. Yeah, we did. We we looked at it with elders. Uh, we looked at the elders and the idea of you, you just if if you if you require marriage in the sense because it talks about marriage, um, it, then you'd also the idea of managing a household is, is, is always in that terms of having young children in the home. And so you can, if you overinterpret to say you have to actually fulfill those requirements, which means you have to actually be married. We'd also have to require you to have young children in the home, and once those children are out, you're no longer qualified for leadership. And you say the same thing for de- deaconess as yeah, well. Yeah, you say the same thing. Yeah. And so again, you can overinterpret, you can underinterpret the scripture. And so, um, and, and so, I, so, I would say, I would disagree with a church that would hold that. But I would, I would expect that if you hold that. That type of interpretation, if you want to take it that literally, you would take it all literally. And as soon as your pastor or your elder has kids that come out of the home, they're no longer qualified to be in leadership. Because that idea of managing your household is, is always in terms of, of having children in the home. And so, yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's move. Yeah, we got a few minutes. All right. Let's talk about the role of a deacon. 1 <laughs> Timothy 3 says Nothing. Nothing about the role of a deacon, right? There's nothing about a job description in 1 Timothy 3. There's some who try to extrapolate, say, oh, they're faithful, they're not greedy, which means they handle money. Ah, I, I, just, I just struggle with that. I, 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 and, and Dr. Grudem has that in his theology book. I just think that's reading too much into the text. So what do deacons do? We know that deacons are servants. We know that they're in leadership. So somehow they're leading by serving and equipping the church for service. But, but how and what role are they doing that? So there's no clear text. And so the best indication we have is from Acts 6. So turn to Acts 6. And this is where Dave was going the other day. And, and, and I think that this is the best text. But I would say it is secondary to the other texts we've been looking at that are much more clear. And, and the reason that Acts 6 fits is, because, yes, because we have this, there is this verb of deaconing there. But more than that, as we see, it actually fits with what Timothy's, or what Paul's describing to Timothy later. It, so it fits into this idea. <clears throat> A couple caveats about Acts 6 here. First of all, there are no elders and there are no deacons in this story. So you say, well, why are we looking at this? Because there is the principle here of the apostles and what some commentators would call proto-deacons. Really that there's this deacon-like service. This is later as the church is developed as we see incorporated into an actual office in the church. Also, we want to be careful that just because something is descriptive in the text, it's not prescriptive. And so we want to be careful for some of those things whenever we deal with narratives like, like Acts. Um, but at the same time, we do see some principles that line up with the other things that we've been looking at as we've been doing the survey in the New Testament of deacons. So let's look at this real quick. Let me read Acts 1 through 6. 6, through 6. Now, in those days when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose among the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, it is not right that we should give up preaching the word to God to serve or to deacon tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the Spirit and wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer, to the ministry of the word. And, and what they said pleased the whole gathering, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and uh, Prochorus, and oh my goodness, I'm going to skip those names. Uh, and, and they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands on them. So here's the situation. What's going on here? The church is rapidly growing, right? They're seeing thousands of people come to Christ from Pentecost. Many of those people are staying in Jerusalem to hear the teaching of the apostles. And there's some logistic problems that come from that, right? What's the logistic problem here? Widows aren't being cared for. Widows aren't being cared for. They're not being fed. Let me ask you, are starving widows a problem for the church? Would that be a, would that, would that be a major issue that you get dealt with? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, I, I would go, yes, right? Starving, any member that in the church is starving is an issue, especially widows. We see, you know, right? James, um, the, the true religion is, is caring for widows and orphans, right? This is a major issue. But it's, it goes even farther beyond the fact that you've got starving widows in the church. Because why were certain widows starving and other widows not? Yes, family members, but it's, it's particularly, Luke points out that this division comes along what lines? Race, race. Racial lines. Mm. This, there is a racial division in the church where certain, if you were a widow of a certain race, back, cultural background, if you are a <coughs> Hebrew speaking widow, you were getting your food. If you were a Greek-speaking widow, you weren't getting your food. Now, um, racism, racial disunity, uh, division in the church based on, on racial uh, boundaries, problem? Yeah, problem, right? This is the situation we have going on here. And, and the 12 apostles see that this is a problem. Praise God for that, right? Right? <clears throat> so what is the solution? And this is what is just ama- it just amazes me every time I get into this text. Because it, it is so opposite of what I would do, right? You look at saying, these are two huge problems. These are not like, ah, hopefully these get dealt with over the next few months. These are like emergency meeting time, right? And, and, and the, the tendency would be to say, we're the ones in leadership we got to deal with those, right? And that's not what the apostles do. The, the apostles, they, they don't deal with that because there is a underlying principle that they are holding to, right? What is that principle that they're holding to why they choose that they are not the best ones to handle these problems? Can do the teaching effectively yeah. And serve yeah. Others. That there's only so much room on the plate, yeah. Right? right? Yeah, I think there's gifting as well, but, but uh, there's some of this is, is um, yeah. But, but the principle clearly that's stated, they said that to be able to deal with this issue, they would, not be, they would be dealing less with what they're called to in this idea of, 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 of word ministry, of word and prayer, right? And so, so it seems like this would be a top leadership issue. And it is a top leadership issue, but there's just another top leadership that needs to be involved. That's what, that's what basically they're deciding, right? So instead of having a subcommittee of elders devote themselves to this and having just an, an, elder, you know, just an elder decision, which is you know, our apostle decision, <clears throat> they say it's not right to, to, to just to take this onto their plate. And so instead, because this would deter them from preaching, word ministry, teaching, discipling, counseling, shepherding, right? That they, they needed to deal with these problems, but they but they weren't the best the right ones to deal with this problems. Other leadership was needed to equip the church to deal with this problem. So instead, they say it's not right to give up this word ministry to deacon. That's where we get this tie-in to first Timothy 3 to deacon tables. There's another aspect of leadership that's needed to handle these major problems that are going on in the church. So they actually engage the church to select men to fill this, saying, Do you guys, does the church see the same problem that we see? If so, then, then, then is it worth, basically, we're starting a ministry here. We're, 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 you're going to support. We're raising up leaders to fill this need. All right? So let me give you, then of these deacons that are selected, let me give you four. Oh, yeah. You just use the word deacon. Where is that in here? Yeah. So that would be in verse, um, verse two. yes, verse two, to serve, to deacon. It, it uses a verb in, in, in a sense. And so, <coughs> Yeah, so that's where that's where people would see the tie-in. I think that the the linguistic tie-in is is helps us see that there's an overlap. But the greatest overlap you're seeing is you're dealing with issues of leadership in the church and how is that delegated, and then and then all of a sudden you see that that um, see that this structure of elders and deacons, and and you see that. Um, really that we're putting pieces together that scripture just doesn't put the pieces, but we see that really this this, this idea laid out and then, it's a, and then we see this idea, well, there's there these leadership offices and how does that work together? And so, and one of them is a word, word ministry office and one of them is a service office. And so it, it fits so well with the context in there in Acts 6. Yeah. I
1: really love this. It's such a good example of them not being distracted. Yeah. And I think that's the enemy's tactic. But yeah. Yeah. He was so focused on yeah.
0: what he came here for. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you think of sometimes where Peter's saying, "Hey, there are there's people here yeah. to be healed. There's people here to hear the the word." And he's like, "Nope, we're moving on." Yeah. And so <laughs> you can build them. you can build a mega church here. <laughs> okay. It's like the
1: feeding of the five thousand. Yeah. You know, Lord all these people are hungry. Do something about it. Yeah. They'll bring me yeah. all you have. And yep. He blesses it gives it to him and says, "Now go feed them."
0: Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so let me give you four principles real quick of a deacon's ministry. First of all, we see here deacons care for physical needs, right? The, the very use of as passage is the idea of waiting on tables. It's providing a, a physical need for the church. It's making sure that these widows with, who are without a family get fed. They don't starve, right? It's, but this isn't just about orphans and widows. It's a practice of to care for any need of the church. Uh, Alexander Strouch has a famous book that that. that focuses on orphans and widows he, he's really influenced by Calvin's ecclesiastical ordinances Calvin had a similar situation to the early church where Calvin had a bunch of refugees of persecuted countries streaming into Geneva they had to figure who's going to deal with all these refugees we'll, we'll have the deacons deal with these refugees it wasn't because deacons are focused on, on orphans and widows it's because deacons are, phys, are, are focused on service and physical needs of the church whether that's orphans and widows whether that's refugees or whether that's other issues it could be uh, physical aspects of the church, financial aspects of the church. This could be leading different ministries of the church. Um, there's anything that's going to keep the elders from, from word ministry. Uh, second thing, deacons lead by caring for the unity of the body. Do you guys see that? When when a unity issues need to be dealt with, that the, lead, that the elders actually delegated that, that, that there's other leaders needed to be able to preserve the unity of the body. When the, this racial division came up, it was delegated to saying, we need other leaders that are going to help preserve this unity. So the job of the deacons was not just administrate a benevolence ministry, but administrate this ministry to promote the unity of the church. You guys see that what's going on there? It's more than just taking care, okay, just check that off the box. You're going to build up the church to do this in a way that brings about the unity of the church. One, one executive pastor um, who, who does a lot with deacon work, Jamie Dunlap, he calls deacons the shock absorbers of the church, that they're involved in all these levels and they're involved with hurting people and they're involved in, 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 in difficult situations where he talks about Acts 6. He says unity building was the primary goal here. Good administration was the means that they got to that goal. It wasn't just that they're, oh, they're just going to go and make sure some food is distributed. The, the, the food distribution was a symptom of the main disease, which was this Disunity. And so what the deacons had to do was to, to fix this problem of unity. That's why the character is focused so much on 1 Timothy 3. If you want some people who can organize a ministry, why would you need to focus on character? But you need people who can do administration in a ministry to bring about the unity of the church. Then you need godly character for these men and women. Third, deacons uh, lead by supporting the ministry of those responsible for word ministry, right? We've talked about this. That In Acts 6, that's the apostles are the ones responsible for word ministry. In 1 Timothy 3, that's the overseers, elders, and pastors. And so we see that, there's an, that, that by doing the ministry of the deacons, it actually serves the entire church by being able to be able to provide for, for the, the word ministry. And so, so if you think, I mean, this, this is the way that's being described here in Acts. So that by the way that John does his work as a deacon, John is enabling the entire church to be built up this morning in, in, in all that's going on with the preaching of the word and the communion and everything else. Because if there was not John to do what John's doing, then then, then me as a, as a pastor or other elders would not have the ability to do what they're called to do. You, you understand? So that that you guys can thank John for the preaching of the word this morning if it's good. If it's not good, then you can blame me. <laughs> but, but that's the idea here, right? That it, is it works together in these different roles. Uh, and then finally, deacons lead by equipping the body for the work of service. The, the apostles bring the problem to the whole congregation. You guys notice that? The whole congregation is the one who brings these people up. Almost as they're saying, you pick and we'll appoint. You pick. We're going to make sure that they're qualified. We'll appoint them. But you're picking them to say, these are our leaders, and when they're doing this ministry, we are going to support them, right? It's really this idea that they're called to lead, not just to take over the ministry, but to lead the church in those areas of ministry that need to be done. And so that, that's why this, this deacon, these deacon roles are such important, that they, are, 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 um, they, they meet the physical needs. They meet the unity needs. They, they meet the word needs by supporting those in the word ministry, and they equip the body for the service work of service. Real quickly, last two things the reward of a deacon. Look at, look at verse seven. And the word of God continued to increase and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. You see what, it actually goes further. And a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. You see what happened there? What's the result of these deacons in Acts 6 fulfilling their ministry? People got saved, right? That, when, that, that God's body was functioning as it's supposed to and that people got saved. Even part of the priesthood because these deacons faithfully cared for the unity or the body of the church and the unity of the body. And, and, and so everyone was able to fulfill their role. It doesn't say if it was because of the preaching. It doesn't say if people saying seeing the example of caring for the body. It could have been all of them. But all we know is that when the body worked as it was supposed to work, God brought about the salvation of people. Right? And yet there's also another, I have it on your paper, we won't turn back there, one more reward for for deacon service. It says, for those who serve well as deacons, gain a good standing for themselves and also great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. Think about this good standing. What's the role of a Christian? It's a servant, right? Because we follow the model of Christ who was the great servant. And so we, we would highly esteem those and Christ highly esteems those who fulfill that role well in exemplary fashion. I love what John Calvin wrote. I'll end on this. He says this, the more anxious a person is to devote himself to the upbuilding of the church, the more highly Paul wishes them to be regarded. That's, that's, what Paul, that's what Calvin says on deacons here. Let me pray for us. Father, we just thank you for today. And we thank you for the deacons, both the male and the female deacons that serve our church. We thank you for those that have faithfully served our church. And oh, Lord, and how we are equipped because of that that we are equipped for service because of that, that we are equipped with the, the preaching and teaching we have received because of that. And 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 Lord, all, and we were equipped with the unity of the church that we have because of the faithful work of these men and women. So we thank you for that. We pray that you would bless those that we, we have currently, that you would continue to raise up godly men and women, Lord, to fill this, this dire need for the church. And that from that, that you would bring about what you brought about in Acts 6, Lord, the salvation of many. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.